New intro song. Hmm. It's a hit from like five years or so ago, and I can't remember the commercial. I've seen it on recently. I'm like, that should be an intro song. Hmm. It's a little uh, uh, somber. No, well, hold on. It'll it'll kick in here. Didn't even really wanna go, but if you me Do you remember? Twenty sixteen, I think. Maybe seventeen. Maybe we should go and have some more. I think it was on an a- Apple commercial. Yeah. I do know this song, but it's still a somber intro. Okay, I can get rid of it. Keep it for moments where we need somber intros. There are always those days. Yeah, okay. it, it, maybe I can find a version where there's a beat that it starts with rather than just the, uh, <laughs> the piano. Um, several heavier uh, local topics. We can, we'll do that at the end of the podcast. We'll do a... And I'll keep us on time, especially if you've got a split, too. Um, we'll do some, some lifestyle stuff to begin here. Um, and I'm cutting out the beginning of that, but Thomas cleans things, moves your stuff, then you can't find it. And while you were telling me that, after finally seemingly a week of discord between Amanda and I, and it's <laughs> it's over now on Sunday, I texted Philip today. When I was texting with Philip today, I'm like, bless you for living with Danny and you for living with Thomas. Like <laughs> if I had to live with somebody I was quarreling with, I I would I would I would commit murder. I would commit murder. You know, you get used to it after a while. I I do think like we, in the very beginning we had those really dramatic moments where now it's just more like I understand it's just a part of living with somebody ideally for the rest of your life. Like even this weekend and I didn't tell him but like I was a little disconnected this weekend because I'm just like, you're getting on my nerves. Like, I don't like you very much today and yesterday. Not for no fault of his own, maybe my own. I mean, some fault for him. But um, so I just kind of like I interacted with him and we still went about our stuff. But like, hopefully I'll move. Pa- I'll move past it soon. But, you know, I'm like, mm, you're kind of annoying me today. So obviously it doesn't help that here I am like searching for my headphones to do the podcast. And Thomas has moved them again and now I have no clue where they are. And we go over this all the time. <laughs> like, don't don't move my stuff. And if you're going to, please ask me first. That way I can either tell you where to put it or you could at least tell me where you've put it. You know? I get it. Um, I don't want to put all this out there. Um, mm-hmm. But so Amanda broke up with me shortly after midnight via text. And I was long asleep on Friday night. But um, it's been worked out. Yeah. So, uh, I, I did it. How do I say this? (laughs) I need to do, I want to know how how to handle it better. I, although I think I handled it okay. Uh Um, I would like it to be shorter lived next time because something will arise again and there will be some kind of discord as you've just illustrated. So hopefully it can be shorter, snappier, next time and uh, we'll go from there but i think that that's possible i think that like in every moment like this weekend you learn so that when those situations present themselves it doesn't the result doesn't have to be what happened this weekend because you're learning one another so like in many ways whatever had gotten her to that point this weekend you may be able to avoid with a certain kind of communication style that works better for her and in the same ways that got you know for her where the emotions that led up to, you know, this weekend, she may not feel those because she can remind herself, you know, that 
some of the things that you maybe have communicated with her after that. I like I'm trying to be strategic as well as what I say, but like you know what I mean? I think that this is a learning experience that you can grow from and keeping your toolbox so that it doesn't happen again. Look at me using the word toolbox. Toolbox. Like, oh my God, who am I? A counselor or something? Close enough. <laughs> Close enough to it. Um you well let's talk let's talk about Zeph stuff, but first uh let me come back to that mm-hmm. um, and we can dive more into counter stuff there. And I told you this, so I, I always didn't want to tell you this, but it was too good not to tell you on Saturday. So I, but, but to have the, in the moment effect of it would have been that much more entertaining for the podcast listener. So um, Friday night, mm-hmm. it was nine forty two. I decided mm-hmm. to text my brother and I said, are you awake? <laughs> and I was just laying there. While I was waiting to maybe hear from Amanda. Was she going to come over? Were we going to talk things out? But I was watching the basketball game and uh, I texted my brother. I was like, are you up? He's not. He goes to bed very early, but I figured I'd give it a shot because I, I had a moment earlier in the day where I was like, this online banking stuff is super easy. Let me do something I've been putting off for, for way too long. Mm-hmm. Paul's up. I call him and I say, Paul, get something, write something down with or use your, your iPad. I want to give you my, my banking login information. You know, God forbid something ever happens. I'm teleported to a distant star system. Um, I get eaten by a shark. Uh, I abscond with Amanda and, and Pierce and the dogs to like uh, a Caribbean island with a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. I have no will. Like, the house, the bank accounts, everything. Like, it's locked up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where that stuff goes, but it's it's stuck. And for, for a while, I've thought, and I'm not getting myself a will, although I'm probably approaching the age where it's not the worst idea in the world. Mm-hmm. But I've thought before about giving Paul my banking information. So, in that moment, Friday night after 10 o'clock, Paul's got it. No panic in Paul's voice. I said, I think I might have told him that I'll you know, share it with dad too or whatever. The next morning, there's lots of phone calls going on. I think I called you or I texted you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I missed a couple of calls from my dad. And finally he, he gets through and he's like, Eric, I'm like dad, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why? Paul, Paul, Tracy said that you gave Paul your banking information last night. And mm. she was where I'm I was like, did you think I was dead? You did, didn't you? You thought I was going to kill myself. No, but it was just an in-the-moment kind of decision. And quite frankly, you should have gotten on me to do it long ago, Dad. Because again, if something happened, that's a lot of money and property that's locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to my dad, I was like, I could, let's say something did happen. And I have one final move before I cross to the great unknown. And that move is to walk you through getting into my bank account. There's no way you'd be able to do it. So here we are. But I guess the timing of it all, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, so my dad was quite panicked. And, and Tracy caused the panic. And she blamed, she, she blamed her, her pregnant hormones on that. <laughs> I mean, if your dad knew that you guys had like a... So you did technically, you were on the heels of like a rocky week. He, you didn't know. Know, he didn't know that, though. Oh, I thought he did. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, so then were you, like, offended? Or were you, like, was it funny to you? Or, how, like, how did that make you feel? 
It was, I guess, the only... Now, as, as we talk about reflection and being better, and I did uh, take some things out of that with the, the week with Amanda, things that I, I did well with, other things that I can be better at when, uh-huh. when and if we enter those situations. No, the only thing I would have, would have done differently is maybe instead of 10 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock at night. Like, I'm yeah. guessing he or Tracy thought I had this epiphany, you know, on a Friday night and I'm going to kill myself and they need to have my information. But it was really, I was just like, you know what? I need to get this done. Let's see if Paul's up. And then maybe like knowing, not necessarily knowing your audience, but like leading the conversation with there is no emergency here. Nothing is going on. This was just on my to-do list for the week or it was, it's been on my to-do list for a long time and now I'm taking the time to do it. Here's this information. This is why I want you to have it. I think that, I, I think I told Paul that, but oh, that but might have, that <laughs> might have not not have been conveyed, or <laughs> Tracy's hormones might have prevented her from hearing. There's nothing wrong. So one thing that I will say though, as you, I remember, we talked about this. So you're right. We did talk about this on the phone on Saturday. Maybe did you know though when you pass away, the hospital will report it, and then your bank accounts will somehow be closed. I believe. Maybe this is different. It was I was dealing with this with um, when Thomas's mom passed because I was the one that handled most of her finances and her business dealings and whatnot. And we had we no longer had access to do what the things that we needed to do. Um, it, they were just, they were essentially like cut off. So even though you give them your banking information, if you don't give them like rights to it via a will or something, they may not have access to it anyway. Well, what I would have hoped for is, and I told Paul, I was like, maybe I'll have another part of the discussion, but if something happened, like go in there and transfer all of this money to you before it gets locked up or gets taken or something like that. And I think Um, that happens relatively quickly. Well, then I hope I die slowly. (laughs) Um, There was one (laughs) other note in there, Paul. Oh, and... Maybe I was just being way too cautious because God knows we all have sensitive information easily accessible on our phones, but I didn't want to text it or email it. Uh, Oh, see, that's interesting because I would have, my response would have been to you to email it to me because I already have like 60,000 emails in my, like, I find emails years old. If I'm looking for something that I know came across my email, I just word search it. And there it is from like six years ago. And I find exactly what I needed. So um, I, I didn't want the, foot, the digital footprint, though. Maybe you can put. Yeah, I guess so. I'd take the digital footprint. I mean, just I wouldn't in, have thought that far. Just in case Big Brother or someone's watching. Um, <laughs> I figure I'll call Paul. But yeah, so that was unnecessary panic. Um, also, uh, so some things I want to ask you about we will get to the zeph stuff um how is apple watch apple watch life going not bad i um it it does it does exactly what i needed it to do it encourages me encourages me to physically get up even if it's just to stand up so i meet my standing like uh goal for the day but it, it encourages me to just kind of give myself some sort of um movement for the day to kind of close my circles is what it's called so I, I'm happy with it. I just um, am not, um, I have, I'm not tech savvy and I don't care about a lot of technology. And so Thomas is hollering at me because I will take my Apple watch off, you know, at the end of the day and forget to put it on the charger. So then that means I can't use it the next day 
or um, I'll literally keep it on my arm until it's bedtime and I sleep with it so that it gives me my sleep patterns and um, then it's not charged to give me my sleep patterns. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's I, I have to get into the habit of using it, but it's actually not bad. The only other issue I have, I'm very sensitive. Like I have a lot of, I'm basically allergic to any jewelry that's not real. Although I've worn it my entire life. I just put a clear color of nail polish over it. And I don't feel like the metal doesn't actually touch my body. I think I'm allergic to it because it's making my wrist itch a little. Hmm. Um, so I may have to get creative. I'm sure you can look online and find other people that have done it and whatever their solutions were, but it has to physically touch my skin in order to give me the data that I need. But if I have to put like something over it, then it doesn't touch my skin. So then I'm not using it for what I intended it for. So. Of course you're, you're confronted <laughs> with another he- <laughs> bizarre ailment. He- yeah. Another bizarre health issue. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know. I'm just like, damn it. So I'm just wearing it and toughing it out and I'm trying not to scratch. And so if I don't scratch and it doesn't make it worse and then there you go. But if I scratch, then I got like little, little area that I have to pay attention to. I've always considered it for some of the information that it can provide me because I'm kind of, I do monitor my steps pretty closely on, on my phone. Uh um, And that would be nice to have and, you know, get an extra couple of steps because my phone's not always on me. But, um, I just, I, I don't wear watches. I don't, uh-huh. I'm not a jewelry person and I, I can't see adapting to it and liking it enough so that we're, I, I would be comfortable wearing a watch. So I am very, I do wear watches. Like I'm one of the folk, I'm one of those people where I can't leave the house without my watch. I have a really hideous tan line all year round with a watch. So, um, I always wear my watch. The other reason that I really enjoy it is I don't have to have my phone like attached to me. When I'm moving around, I still know if I'm getting a message, I can respond to that message, I can answer a call. Now it's not the most clear, but um, you know, it works for me. I love, I do love the convenience of it. It's just a lot easier. Like today I was out with my mom this morning and I just kept my phone in my purse because I had my, I had to remind myself I'm still forgetting, but I had my watch on so I wasn't gonna miss anything important even work related, although I'm on vacation. So um, it was it was easy for me that way. And it, it reminds me to like breathe and to just kind of, you know, get up and walk or do something like that. And then it also has like this walkie talkie feature. And so Thomas's Apple watch, like if his watch is on and my watch is on, then instead of calling each other, we can just like beep into each other and say like, what time are you coming home? I'm coming home at four, okay, bye. <laughs> like I know a text message is the same thing, but it's just convenient to just lift your watch up and talk compared to have to like old Nextel style. I think so. Beep beep. Beep beep. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I could all if you want. I, I mean, I know you wear a watch, but I always could have just been like, I could have texted you at like three twenty three every day, like, get up, <laughs> stand up. <laughs> That, I wonder if you can do that and like you could change the voice to what you want it to be. And it's like, get walking, fat ass. <laughs> like, like, I'm sure some of these things, they like I find them unnecessary, but tech companies convince us that we need them. Yeah, like, you know, you and I know, you know, that there are times during the day when you're like, God, I need to get up off this goddamn couch. And you yeah. could easily do that. But now you've, you've paid $700 for an Apple Watch to tell you to do that. 
So what I think that where I think the benefit might be is yes, like it's still on me to actually get up, but I might feel more motivated if it says like you have, you know, you have surpassed your goal. If you do like 500 more steps, you'll reach this point. So then I'm like, okay, let me get up and knock these 500 steps out really quick. Like it's very specific and it's like, you're this close to, you know, reaching this amount of calorie, you know, per day. So if I like put in, you know, this is how many calories I intake. This is what I want to lose weight. So then this is how many calories I need to burn. It will tell me how close or far I am from that. And I, it's like something I can push towards. So I'm really excited. I don't think I talked to you about this. I think I was trying to give you your space, although I was talking to you about it and i think you saw a picture so i purchased a kayak this weekend yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well i, I that, that's the other thing i wanted to catch up with you about because i know <laughs> that you said you were going kayaking on sunday so how did this turn into going to buying so i didn't go we didn't go because we ended up i ended up like buy like I, my entire day was spent like working out what i bought so um one of the problems was just like um, access to one. I, we know like from last year on kayaks have been like hard to come by at least the reasonable ones. And so, um, I just kind of, I've been looking around, looking online, Dix is sold out of some of the ones that are like reasonably priced in my opinion. What's a kayak cost? Um, you could get one from 250 to 500, like over 500. So it just depends on what you need. Some kayaks are for fishing. So they have all the like bells and whistles so you can attach fishing lines um and then some of them are sit in and some of them are sit on top and then some of them are like for cruising and then others are for like more rapid style kayaking like some heavier stuff like more active i guess um so it really depends on what your need is my need was something that i could take to a quarry something that i could take on the mommy for some where there's light uh, where there's a current like more maybe a heavier current but nothing like dangerous. Um, so it really depends on what you needed. And that's what I was looking for. I wanted some dry storage and then I wanted some space for Pete so that he could sit in it. And then I wanted some space in the front so I could put my dry bag, which it would, I could put a blanket in and a change of clothes and my lunch and whatnot. And you have swung yourself a kayak. Where'd you get it? I got it from Meyer. So I went into Meyer a couple weeks ago. They had two. And the price for me, it was a good brand. It was a well-known brand, Pelican. And um, the price for me was not bad. And I was like, mm, it doesn't have too many bells and whistles to it, but it had a seat cushion. It had the pegs for my feet that were like far enough back. And then it had the dry storage I needed and plenty of space up under it. So I saw it and I was like, okay, great. But then I came back to it. Um, I think it was last weekend and they only had one left and I was like, Oh no. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I ended up doing it. So I bit the bullet and I got it and, um, they were being like annoying. So I wanted to buy it while I was there cause they only had one left and they're like, Nope, we don't hold things for you. And I said, but if I buy it now and then I come back and get it later today, is that fine? They're like, no, we don't hold things for you. And I said, so then I'm going to have to run the risk of it being gone. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. So what I did is I went home and I bought it online. They didn't have it on the website. <laughs> like they did not have it on the website leading up to it. And I said, well, why is it not on the website? I've been trying to do that. And they said, well, once our inventory gets to a certain point, they don't put it on the website anymore because we don't want like multiple people buying it at the same time, then coming to get it. And there isn't any left. And I said, okay, fine. 
But when I came home and looked, it just so happened to be on the website. So I was like, oh, great. So I bought it online. The same thing. Like I, they were being so difficult. It kind of annoyed me. Um, so I ended up buying it online because, and I know this is really long winded, buying a kayak isn't that easy because you have to have the ability to transport it. And um, with my Jeep, I have like rails, but I needed a rack and then I needed the specific holders for the kayak on my Jeep. That's an extra $200 to buy those things and get them installed. But I have a girlfriend that I will be doing these trips with on top, along with Thomas. She had um, racks on her car. So I, we took a trip over to Meyer and picked my kayak up and brought it back home and put it in the garage. So um, we now have it. But she loved it so much that she went out and bought another one. Like she bought the same one because they had one left in Bowling Green too. So <laughs> we have the same kayak. Hold on. So she went with you to pick up the kayak. Where mm-hmm. is your kayak now? In a, in the garage. It's here at home. It's just in the garage. You have garages there? We do, yeah. Hmm, okay. I mean, you have to buy it. It's not attached garages either, but it we do have, you know, you can get a garage outside of your apartment. So, and you got you got that stuff. Is it installed on your car now? I had to order it from Amazon. I went to Harbor Freight. So that was what we did the next day. So Saturday and Sunday was full of just like kayak and getting the things that I needed. So Saturday I got my kayak. Sunday I went out to Harbor Freight because they had um, roof racks. But they they said online they had roof racks. But when we went into the store, they didn't have any. So I ended up having to get it online at Amazon. So I'm waiting on my roof rack to come in so that I can get it installed. And then I have to purchase the kayak racks. So, which I could find at any store because Thomas, when he gets his, we have to be able to put both of our kayaks on top of my car, strap them down so that we can travel. Are those things removable? Yeah. The roof racks? Yeah. 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 The kayak racks are, I probably will keep my roof rack up all year round because it's not like that obnoxious visually, but the kayak racks are those weird ones that look like L's and they're tall. So yeah, like I'll take those off if I'm not actually traveling, like doing anything related to that. But well, I just wondered how long you're gonna be with this vehicle of yours. Um, oh, like, I don't know. Much like you, it's got its own ailments. It does. It's been doing all right. I've been trying to treat it good and get you know oil changes and check on my tires. I don't know. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna drive that thing until the wheels come off. To be honest. <laughs> so. Uh, is this going to wind up being what, like a little less than a grand? Well, if we include the cost of Thomas's, yes. Yeah. Sounds like good money well spent. I think so. Thomas is a lot more complicated. I feel bad for him. His is a lot more complicated, a lot like a bike. Like I have my bike now. I have my kayak. I have all the stuff that I like to do that I just am excited to get to this summer. But Thomas is six foot four. He's 315 pounds, previously 345. So he's already come down a lot. Um, And so he has to get a special bike that costs tons of money for people his size. He cannot get a regular, the weight limit on my kayak is 300 pounds. Can he push it? Sure. But once you add Sonny's 30 pounds, then it's like really out there. So he's got to spend more money to get bigger kayaks that hold his weight. Um, and it sucks because he doesn't, he's not like overweight. I mean, he is, but not, 
visually, not like, you know, I would say not like myself, but he looks like a, just a big, a tank of a man, you know? Well, it sounds like it's carrots and lettuce for everybody all summer long, including <laughs> fat ass sunny. <laughs> we were, when we were at Harbor Freight, the guy, he's like, sorry, we don't have it. And he was so apologetic because he know we came all the way out here for something they said they had in stock. Then he looks at Thomas and he's like, so when's your next movie? <laughs> like, and we're just like, okay. Who do you think he is this time? Like it's, now it's just like, all right, who do you think he looks like? Because every time we're out, oh my goodness. So he's like, so when's your next movie, Aquaman? And I was, he's like, maybe the great value version, <laughs> but thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Broke Jason Momoa. Broke Jason Momoa. Well, when when you get all situated or whatever, you, you can take your kayak and you can go paddleboard with Amanda at Olander. Yes, you can. So the other thing is, and I'm so excited about this because my friend, my girlfriend, Eli and I are like, we share everything. We're, we're very chill. So she loves my kayak so much that she went and got it herself, but she had just gotten one the day prior. So now we're, we're just buying up all of Toledo's kayaks. She got like a blue one the day prior from Dick's, took it out for a stroll. And then the next day came with me to buy mine. She loved mine so much. She had like FOMO. She felt jealous. So she went and got one. So now she has two, which means we have an extra if anyone wants to come out with us. Wink, wink, Eric. Wink, wink. You. Sure, maybe. My, my, my I'm, I know whatever. you're not an outdoorsy person, but just one, a stroll. You might like it. I might. I might. Yeah. I might. I might. Um, and I'm, it's not that I'm not a boat person or whatever. Yeah. But I prefer my, my water activities in, in oceans, not dirty ass lakes and rivers. So we'll go to a quarry. So the quarry that we discovered in Gibsonburg is actually very clean and very clear and really nice. Okay. Um, Friday night, the, the, the story hit publicly that, um, mm-hmm. and unsurprising, and I had no prior knowledge as someone who was on the, the, the Zev board, and what you were able to tell me, I'm like, this this makes all the sense in the world. Um, Zeph has filled the void now that uh, Rescue Crisis is going to wrap up their business at the end of this end of this month, right? Yeah, yeah. The 30th is going to be their last day, it sounds like. So Zeph's going to hop in. I guess they're going to try to hire some of the rescue people and fill that crisis intervention. And can we talk about some other things as well? Uh, uh, not yet. Okay. All right. So, um, as we both suspected, um, the Mental Health and Recovery Services Board was not yanking money or anything from rescue without an eye towards making sure that hole was filled because we saw that people were very concerned and very upset. And of all the municipalities or government agencies or anybody who does business, city, state, whatever, county, um, I don't think anybody's ever called the Mental Health and Recovery Services uh, Board reckless or short-sighted, so you knew that they had something in their pocket. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, it was, again, it's not like them, and I felt very strongly, and I don't know if I shared this on the podcast, but like besides the fact that Scott Silek is amazing, there's some badass women behind him, the directors, like um, Amy Priest and Cami and Dolores. Um, there's some really like hard-hitting um, females that are on that staff that would never just kind of that that advocates so hard for mental health and mental health services in our county that I could not imagine there being a deficit um, for any longer than there needs to be, if not plans already like rumbling right after this discussion was made. You know, I don't think that there was anything done unfairly or inappropriately, but definitely um, there's some foresight there and, and proactiveness and 
So I knew that that was what was going to happen. Now on the 1st of July, is everything going to be perfect? Probably not. Like it's going to take um, Deb Flores and the Zeff Center some time to kind of get at all the services that um, Rescue was uh, doing, you know, up and running at the capacity that they were. But do they have the ability to do assessments? Yes, because they were already doing assessments. Um, do they have a team that goes out into the community? Yes, they already had a suicide prevention team. Um, so, you know what I mean? There's things that were that they were already doing that this is a really natural step for the Zeff Center. I feel like I'm really excited about it. It's, it's fantastic. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to disclose from Zeff meetings that mm-hmm. I, I'm in. I'll let somebody slap that wrist down the road, but I don't think I'm revealing anything um, too secret. But Zeph was looking to to add to the staff. Um, oh yeah, and this can fill that. Uh, you know, I had a meeting today. And again, I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose this, but it's not like a. It doesn't sound like a government secret. Um, today, I'm on the programming committee, which is mm-hmm. a lot more fun than sitting on the actual board. Like Good. this is stuff that like it resonates with me. Yeah, and, uh, a couple of people that you like um, were on this today. I didn't get a chance to to. To pass that along, I'd like to keep my mouth shut. But um, there's a, apparently a big part of Zeph that is um, really wants to help people get through recovery, but also help them vocationally. Oh, and we, good. And we watched a neat little video, and I guess she's this woman who was who had all the challenges that you could imagine with someone who was going through recovery. She's now an LPN with Zeph, and like it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, you work at least you know as as a young person and an adult. Like it's a third of your life, mm-hmm. and or it's a third of your day. And if a, a third of your day, or twenty percent, or twenty five percent of your day is not filled, well, it's funny how the mind can. You know, the empty mind is the devil's playground, and that's mm-hmm. I can easily see how you could fall back off the wagon and fight your own recovery by being bored. But if they're going to help you have a job and find what's right for you, that's an incredibly helpful part of beating your demons. Not only that, uh, like we talk about this when it comes to like gun violence in the city and when it comes to folks making poor decisions, money really is the root of a lot of challenges that people have. And so if somebody can find some sort of stability to where they aren't like stressed about how they're going to have their next meal, if they're going to be able to pay their rent, because a lot of times people choose, like turn to poor choices like drugs and alcohol because they have to deal with whatever stress they're experiencing in their day-to-day life every day. And I know like we are, I don't agree. I don't know. That's a conversation for another day. We work a lot and sometimes we're working to live, <laughs> which sucks. But there is something to say about having some sort of employment to keep you busy and to help you find some financial stability so you don't have to experience that stress. And you can do things that you enjoy. Yeah, you're right. It's a larger discussion with a lot of mm-hmm. spokes out of it. But I know everybody's like, I wish I didn't have to work. Um, I know that that sounds good. But if you were to do it in practice and then you had to find ways to occupy yourself for anywhere from like eight to 10 hours every mm-hmm. single day, you're going to run out of money. You're going to most people are going to run out of money. You're going to run out of things to do. And you're going to be like, you know what? I need to find something to do with myself. Yeah. Like my dad is a great example. Like he's retired and even at this point in his life, he he is struggling to find things to keep himself busy. He does, but that's why him and many people who are wired like that, like don't want to retire when they can or they retire from what they did and they just go do another job because you have to fill yeah. the hours of the day somehow. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, but good Zeph news. Um, a couple other, a couple other of the uh, the heavier topics, and I don't know if we'll cover everything I want to get to here. But there was a very good article in the Blade on Saturday, um, and it talks about the stuff with Summit Street and the city mm. and Buckeye and Block. And so uh, we came up. We heard I think in the middle of last week that the city was going to sue Block for that million dollars that the city paid. To move the lines, which I guess somewhere the utility companies, Buckeye included, were responsible for. Like AT&T and I think um, Columbia, they pay to move their own stuff. Uh-huh. And I thought that this was way too much ado over stuff we didn't know everything about from the get-go. But then right. the, F- the FBI came in and people were like, aha, the shady blocks added again. And I know people hate the blocks and Buckeye. Um, but I had thought at the time, maybe they were just like, no, no city of Toledo, you pay for it. It's your beautification project. And obviously the city and Buckeye and the blocks have, have business all over. Just like where ProMedica's nose is in so many avenues of business and culture all over the area. Um, but people like the FBI coming and, and then the city, again, filed the lawsuit to get the million dollars back. Um, and again, I felt like it was purely an optical move to kowtow to people who hate the Blocks and Buckeye. This article, long story short, over the weekend in The Blade said there is probably some precedence in something that happened in Cincinnati within the last decade or so. that said, no, the city's going to have to pay for this. So I just, this is one of the few things that goes on in the city that I just kind of brush off because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. And I don't particularly have an interest. It was fun when we were trying to figure out why the FBI was involved. Right. But then it was like, eh, boring shit that's just like, that'll be worked out at some point. Um, So I don't really care. So I saw this as well. Remind me, Block, are those the people that own the Blade? Yeah. Okay, so that never would have got that. I thought that was something completely different until I put two and two together as you were speaking. So then how are they involved with the beautification process? Do they have like an architecture firm? No, they're not. But the city had to reroute a lot of things underground to beautify Summit Street. Remember? uh, Yeah. uh So like communication, AT&T, gas lines, water lines, all this stuff. And um, the the city, well, all those companies picked up the cost, but I think the blocks were like, no city of Toledo. It's beautification, not infrastructure. You paid for it. So then the city, to probably keep a solid relationship with the blocks and Buckeye, was like, okay, we got it. You know, and that's why the, the city director that made the decision, his name is Dale E-M-C-H, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, said, we'll pay for it. But then, obviously... The FBI, people hate the blocks in Buckeye. Like mm-hmm. the, they have to pay for it. But then again, like I said, over the weekend, really good story in the Blade. Probably set some Ohio and state precedents that since this is so heavily slanted towards beautification, the city's got to pay for it. And you know what? All these other companies who picked up the tab, which was probably not that huge, like especially in the grand scheme of AT&T's business, somebody just probably wrote a check and didn't even care about it because it's such a small amount of money considering their their global bottom line. Whereas for the Blocks and Buckeye, they have intimate relations here. They count their pennies more than Columbia and AT&T. They're like, no, sure. you pay for it. I see. So I, that's where I was just like, how does how are the blocks even like how did they 
how do they have like the standing to tell Toledo what to like what they should do? Like that's where I was just confused. I said, how is this involved with? I can understand Buckeye, um, because they have they physically have like equipment there. You know what I mean? Like, and that's but, what the, that's what this was. But I don't understand how a communication company is involved in this. Like, how how did we take consulting from a communication well, company? Block, Block and Buckeye are the same. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. See, this is this Sorry. is a real life like layman person, lay person just kind of not understanding, also not caring. <laughs> like I would say 50% don't get it, 50% don't care. That's probably why I don't get it. So, I would say it's the very arduous avid 10% of people on the internet who hate Buckeye. <laughs> and and they hate the blade. Like, wait, you hate the blade? Yeah, they make me pay for their product. Oh my God, the horror of paying yeah. for good journalism and keeping journalists employed. I get it. It's very, it's, it's kind of inscrutable. And I'm sorry for wasting anybody's time. In <laughs> fact, it, and up to and including, I hope I would love to run in, into one of the local FBI people who had to investigate this and be like, I am so sorry you had to waste your time on that. Exactly. So I, I mean, if you were to ask me what was going down with the mental health board and rescue, I could have told you timelines, what was going on, why it was going on, what has been happening in the last two years. Like I have all the information on that, but this, not so much. There you um, go. What else is on my list for today? I I think we should save that for tomorrow. Um, so there was another article. This might, this too might have been in, in the blades. See, it's good journalism. So yes, you have to pay for a quality product. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cedar Point, where by the way, people were stuck in the gatekeeper yesterday, <gasps> and that's reasons one through a hundred why I will never do a roller coaster. Really? Yeah. Um, Cedar Point raised uh, the wages to like twenty dollars. Uh, I did see this. Mm-hmm. And there's an article saying. Uh, all, a lot of the local places in Sandusky are struggling because, okay, Cedar Point has to keep business going. They do mm-hmm. bring tourism and bodies to Sandusky, and ultimately a lot of those people uh, patronize local businesses. But those local businesses can't raise the wages as Cedar Point can, as quickly as Cedar Point, and as much as Cedar Point can. So a lot of these places have not been able to be open or open as much as they'd like to allow the patronage to happen so it's an interesting dichotomy, and I'm not going to like bring up any kind of global elites or conspiracy theories, but if you've noticed, a lot of the places that have raised wages over the last couple of months, and many places rightly so, are big corporations that mm-hmm. can do that, mm-hmm. and eventually costs will rise a little bit, but lots of smaller places are not able to do that because they simply can't pay that with the small... Um, uh, I don't know the, the economical word, I'm sorry, uh, with the small overhead or profits that they are making yeah. at their local restaurants, local business, local bike shop. Like, yeah, they'd love to pay their employees $18 an hour. But for the profits that they're making on the revenue that they bring in, they can't do that. So I saw that and I kind of cringed and I didn't because I didn't disagree with that business. I think they quoted one specific business owner in the area 
and I did I felt bad for them and I didn't disagree but at the same time I am not mad at Cedar Point and I am not mad at the people who are going to Cedar Point instead of working at these local places like just like I was not mad at the folks that were staying on unemployment because it was more money than they would have been making and a little bit more convenient for them to either enjoy life or care for their kids or whatever um, not mad at that either this is going to be like it's not quite a domino effect because it's not everything going down all at once, one after the other. It's more of like a yo-yo, like back and forth, back and forth, like something great happens and then something bad happens as a result. Something great happened, like up and down, up and down, up and down. So I'm, I'm just intrigued, just like I have been the last six months to see like how this is going to progress. Um, I don't have a solution. I don't have yeah. anything clever to say. This is not like going to be something specific to our area. It's definitely bigger. This is probably happening in multiple areas all over the country. I don't know what's going to happen as a result. I hope that we can save those small businesses. I would love to see maybe that we add a festival. I think we talked about this when I said I want a huge party when everybody starts to come back and ev like the proceeds can go to small businesses to some sort of pot that then goes to small businesses to save either their business from closing save money, give bonuses to the staff, something. I just um, brought in a staff member. Like I just hired a new person actually last week um, that was coming to work with us because they were overworked where they were. So this person had worked with us before, left for a job that made them more money and is now coming back because they had been overworked. They were making more money so that they're making less money, but the reward and the value is they're like, sure. you just, you can't buy it. Like the value that you get working here at the center compared to where I was not making a difference, working like a workhorse, you know what I, I didn't want to say a slave. <laughs> I was about to, it was on the tip of my tongue, being a workhorse, all of that. They're like, I want to come back and I want to get the value. I know I'm getting less money, but it, I think I'll get the return emotionally so that I can just live with myself. My, uh, my, one of my long-standing tenants, happiness is a currency. And right, a lot of times, yeah. like that person, you find out the hard way, but you do find out. And uh, you're right. I don't have a solution either because you're, you you immediately think, great, well, the people, and I know there's a lot of um, foreign or out-of-town people who work at Cedar Point who are making that good money. They can go patronize the local businesses that are not as open as they might be. So you got to wonder, maybe one possible solution. I, I know there's a lot of thought about wealth, redistribu wealth mm -hmm. redistribution through higher taxes on people who make a lot of money. And that never seems to work out. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the kind of thing where Amazon, now that, that, that Toledo is a hub for them, a, a, an important hub, mm -hmm. they, they just write, they write grants to, for lack yeah. of a better place to put it, to the Toledo bike shop, to Monette's. So uh -huh. that these places can stay open because while they are competition, it's an important part of the ecosystem that everybody gets along. I agree. It, I just I do want to see that happen. I am a proponent. I have always been one of those folks politically where I say people like and I think you and I have disagreed with this, but um, maybe not necessarily individuals and families, but large corporations and businesses need to be t paying their taxes so that that money can then go back into the community somehow. But I understand that like if you pull from there, then you're also then then they have to make up for it somehow, which could be layoffs. Like I get it. Um, I just I don't necessarily have a solution, but I'm just like there has to be some sort of way to do this. But I, I mean, it's funny how the brain works. Like even as we're talking about what's happening with crisis services, I said, okay, great. 
this could really mean something for the center because we, I mean, I've talked about the center being underutilized in our county because of how new of a service we are, how progressive we are, and people still have to learn how we work. And so I said, this is going to be fantastic for crisis services and for the services that we provide. This could mean an increase in referrals and our utilization is higher. That means I can argue more money to pay the staff. Like that means that I will then have an opportunity to say, listen, we really need to ask for more funds so that we can increase the dollar amount that we're paying our staff so that I can retain them. Um, so it's the what it means really does make a difference. But this is going to be this is going to be we're going to come back to this discussion just like we've come back to discussions we've had three months ago, six months ago and and keep going. Like, I feel like there's really not going to be an end in sight on what, you know, some of these things come about over time. Yeah, I, I know. Did we get to 600,000 dead Americans from COVID yet? Yeah, I um, I think we are not there yet, but I think we're close because I just saw like a head. I, I always keep the news on silent while we're while we're talking. Um, and there was like a headline that said we're close to it, but no, we didn't. Um, and that that's the that's the, the one in big bright lights. Like that's the headline. But right. everyone globally has been affected by it. And I'm wondering if the economic impact of all things COVID will be more costly mm-hmm. than than the lives lost. And yes, lives lost, it's it's emotionally devastating, psychologically devastating. Um, it does impact things financially, but I mean, you're seeing it now with shortages and supply chains and just again, the story that we just talked about. So it, it's something that's going to be a familiar theme on this because it's probably going to go on potentially for another decade. Yeah. That's why you hope these things come once a century because it's not just like, okay, we have a vaccine. Everything's good. No, everything is not good. I, I think that that's where, um, especially when I saw this story specific to our area, I was just like, wow, here we are. Like everything is opening back up again. Everybody is starting to feel a lot more confident, a lot happier. Um, and we're still seeing a lot of businesses that aren't saying like nobody wants to come to work. It's not the argument of nobody wants to come to work. So the blame's not being put on the government. It's, it's being put on those larger businesses that have the ability to pay people more. So that means you're, you're losing them and you're right. Like I said, there's just no end in sight. And so, and you're right. Like we are going to feel it years down the line because this is a once in a lifetime event that we experienced. Um, last couple of things. The Toledo night market at the farmer's market is Saturday night. Wednesday night is the first in-person impact and inspire um, from ProMedica that they've had in the, since I can remember. It's going to be at the Glass City Metro Park. Um, it benefits my friends at Humane Ohio. It's always free. It's a good networking event. You just have to bring something to donate to Humane Ohio. There are plenty of places you can look up to see what they're looking for. Um, Culver's was open today over oh. by me and I thought it was going to be a lot busier than I um than I, than, I, than it was when I was over there cuz for the first time and I don't know why it took me so long to do this I went to Bath and Body Works and bought those half off candles. Oh, you did. What kind did you get? All kinds of tropical stuff? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So I've never done that before cuz every time I have and I like candles. Um mm-hmm. I have gone over there and it's and I've missed the sale or it's been too busy or um, cause I know people are like piranhas with that stuff. Yeah, they are. That's it's, I've never, I have, I've always been the judgmental person walking past everybody in line. Like no offense, but I'm like, y'all are nuts. 
I'm not waiting in line for some damn candles. Like I only get candles if I feel like, yeah, okay, I've got some extra money in my account. I'll purchase some candles. Like I don't really have them. Now incense, that's another story, but that's because they're incredibly cheap and they last a long time. And um, and it does better for for weed. I, I suppose. Does it? Does it? Does it, it like mask so. the smell? Kind of. Like I, I guess before weed became really mainstream, mm-hmm. anybody that bought incense was likely to be labeled a pot smoker as well. You know, I tend to be like more of a hippie kind of tree hugging, patchouli oil smelling person. So like, I and anytime I just learned peppermint oil is fantastic for some of the pain that I've had. So now I've got like peppermint oil and you might smell it on me every now and then. So I get it. But um, yeah, I don't, uh, I haven't tried Culver's. I want to because um, I know that it's new to the area. And so I want to give it a go. But no, I've not, I've not tried it. Um, And the very last thing, the dog that won the Westminster yesterday is fucking hideous looking. Was it a, was that the one, the brown one? Yeah. Its name is Wasabi. It's a Pekingese. It's, it Uh looks like a gremlin. An Ewok, yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. And then I saw like a, a white-haired dog, and I don't know what that had won. but So I saw two winners, but yeah, I saw the little gremlin. I bet those things don't even shit and pee outside. I bet you they have some <laughs> some kind of dog grass toilet pad. in the house or yeah. something very foofy, yes. Some kind of grass pad, yeah, yeah. Um. What do you, where do you have to be at 3.30 and what are you doing the rest of this week? So I have to go register my kayak. I went to, I went out with mom, I know, I went out with mom and we had breakfast at the Flying Joe and then we went over to the License Bureau in Wood County because that's where you normally go. I waited in line and they're like, um, we don't do that anymore. So I waited all that time only to find out that you can't register boats there anymore. I have to go out to Bowling Green to do it, but I also have to watch my nephews, um, for my brother. So... Um, I'm going to go early now to go to the license bureau to register my kayak because Ohio is one of six states that makes you do that. That's crazy. Yeah. I read online that they're like, well, you, your registration is specific to you. That way, if something happens to you and they discover your boat, they know it's Alex that died. Not like, who was it? Whose kayak was this? Somebody is missing. Like they'll know specifically that it was me unless somebody stole it. You have Hmm? to pay for it. Yeah, 20 bucks. Okay. I mean, that's a very, what, is it yearly or forever? Yeah, it's yearly. And then you renew, but I don't know how much the renewal is. And you can renew online, which is nice. Okay. So it's kind of dumb, but it's 20 bucks. Like, unless it has an engine, you shouldn't need to register it. And, and I get it. Like, if I'm sure 20 bucks is a small fee, like if you went missing um, to get your kayak back or, or whatever. But that that's like registering a bike as well. That's That's dumb. And I'm glad to know... That I think that way, and it is only six states, which confirms my belief. Yeah, Thomas was, so Thomas didn't know, and he got really upset, and I was just like, okay, but Thomas is one of those, like, the government has way too much reach. This is completely ridiculous. So then when we were talking about it, he went down that rabbit hole, and I was like, I get it. I don't disagree, but we're not going to make the difference in the fight, so let's just go get it done and move on. But, um, so... I, so then I was kind of doing my research because I've kayaked before, but I've never owned one. So I also have to have a life jacket in my kayak and I don't wear one when I kayak. So um, I'm a pretty like efficient swimmer, um, but I have to have one in the kayak at all times. So I went and bought like a $6, literally it was six bucks, like adult size life jacket. 
and then you can't have alcohol and apparently they're cracking down on it this year so people are actually being stopped wanting to know where their registration is and where the life vest oh, is i was totally going to ask you like are the kayak police going to come kayak yeah. up on you and be like let me see your license and registration and you know what you might be an okay swimmer, but you're still black. And <laughs> all of my black friends are completely averse to being good swimmers. Like, Philip would rather be thrown in a pool of clowns than in a pool itself. And uh, if you die because you can't swim and your $6 life jacket didn't save you, I'm going to be like, mm, I warned her. So I think it would be nice one day to have like real, you know why most black people don't swim, right? I have something stereotypical to say, but that's it. So it is, it, I mean, it's funny, the stereotypical thing, but like a lot of black people don't swim. It's a long, and I know there's a lot of folks who don't love history being told because it makes them uncomfortable, but like most black people don't swim. Like Philip probably doesn't swim because his parents didn't swim and their sure. parents didn't swim because at that time you got thrown acid on you if you swam or you were arrested or you were done any of those things because only white people were allowed to swim. So it's a, it's like generational. Like my mom doesn't swim. My, so that means my brother didn't swim, but my father did and he taught us. And so I will then teach all of my kids how to swim and be active in the water. I actually swam competitively until I was in my late teens. So I wasn't, and I was very good at it, <laughs> but, um, I didn't, I didn't know that it was frowned upon for blacks to swim. Oh my God. They I, literally, you, in the history, like you were arrested. There was like, just like there's like whites only, um, water. There was like whites only pool, but there wasn't a black pool. Like it was just all whites only pools. Hmm. Yeah. And so, and there's like stories of history, even in, I think Cincinnati, where black people that went swimming in a whites only pool, they were literally throwing like pool acid on you um, to try to get you out. Man, what is it with white people in their water? Don't, so it's get, just get, get out of our pool. Uh, don't drink from that water fountain. My God. It's so it is. I know it, I, people hate it. Like they hate it when you bring up the history because they're like, that was so long ago. And it's like, but there are real after effects of those kinds of things right now. And one of them is the fact that a lot of black people don't swim and it's because generation generationally their family members never swim so they were never taught to swim and then they may not have been exposed to swimming as kids in some sort of ymca setting or whatever so um that's why we don't swim i do Excellent. but the majority of us and that might be some foreshadowing for tomorrow's large topic Ooh, what is it are you not going to tell me not going to tell you okay all right go Friend. register your kayak i'll text you later i'm going to bye, bye.